Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, we are back with another episode of the Android Central Podcast. So this week, this week has felt really, really long, despite the fact that we haven't had any like absolute barn burners. But then again, January has just felt incredibly long already. Like, has it really only been the first three weeks of the year? It feels longer, doesn't it, guys? So much. It does. I feel like it's already February. Alrighty. Uh, I mean, I guess we're not too far from February, but still, it, it feels like it's well into February. <laughs> yeah, but if it was well into February, there would be chocolate-covered strawberries. Oh. And I would very I'm much like that. some chocolate-covered strawberries right now. I'm okay with that, yeah. <laughs> uh, joining me is Nick Sutrick. How are you, good sir? How warm is it where you are? Uh, I think it's almost 50 out right now. It's a nice day. It's sunny. It's supposed to snow this weekend, so should be fun. And uh, how about you, Chris Waddell? How cold is it where you are? Oh, it's not too bad. It's kind of sunny, and it's all 44 degrees right now. Yeah, we're, Can't we're about the same. <laughs> yeah, the, the bonus is that it's not so windy today. It was just, it's been all week, and it's it's been way colder early in the week, and it's been slowly warming yes. up, and the wind has been yes. dro- dropping off, too. So that's good. See, my, my chickens are dust bathing, which tells me the weather's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's That's the barometer. <laughs> I look outside and see them. I'm like, okay, must be a nice day out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Today and tomorrow are about as nice as it's going to get. And then this weekend is just going to be miserable again. Oh, even boy. down here. Like, I don't think we get out. Uh, we get we get down into the 20s. And I don't think we get out of the 40s this weekend in Orlando. Which getting Oof. into the 20s is a big deal down here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I remember uh, the, the the year that we bought a house down there. It froze like 10 times, and that was a weird year. And then past that, I, I think most years, if we were lucky, I suppose, it would freeze once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we can all stay in, stay warm, and talk about Android stuff instead. Yep. Um, and we're going to start with something that is also about staying home, because uh, Lenovo and Sony have said they're going to skip MWC in person at the end of, is it the end of February or the beginning of March? I can't remember. End of February, usually. Yeah. But uh, Lenovo and Sony are going to skip MWC. But there's a couple of other brands that have committed to still going in person. I'm. We saw what happened after CES. Like, CES had all the rules and had everybody trying to follow them. And still just tons of people got mild cases, but cases of COVID after coming home from CES. Yeah, I saw a few. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lenovo and Sony have said they're going to skip. Meanwhile, Oppo, Huawei, Xiaomi, Sa- uh, Samsung, HMD, uh, Nokia, and Asus are still saying they're going to attend for now. But I think I'm TCL sh- is as well. Yeah, but I'm sure we're going to hear somebody pulling out last minute again. Sure. I mean, this, the CES pullout was like literally the week before everybody announced it. It was totally yeah. last minute. I think my flight was canceled 10 days before I was supposed to leave. (laughs) Like it was, I couldn't believe they did it. It was a little more than 10 days. It was a little more than 10 days because our our flight's home got canceled right before Christmas. Okay. It felt like 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Every every other part of the year has felt super duper long and then Christmas just felt like no time at all. But maybe that was because I was mostly stressing about CES. Probably. Um, Yeah. Doesn't help. And I mean, granted, the, well, no, Omicron cases are still going up, but thankfully so far, Omicron hasn't been quite as 
fill all the hospitals. Everybody is just sick and absolutely down as previous strains have been, which is nice because it's not, you know, completely overwhelming the healthcare system, although enough hospitals have had to go back to, oh, all elective surgeries are canceled, which sucks for anybody who was trying to get anything like elective surgeries or anything that isn't, you know, life-threatening, we have to operate on you now or you're going to die. So if you're slated for like a transplant or you're slated, uh, if you're slated for some kind of transplants, if you're slated for cancer surgeries, a lot of those get delayed and delayed and delayed whenever the hospital is full, which sucks because that's been most of the last two years for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe if, I'm hopeful that maybe that we can get back to where hospitals don't get overwhelmed and we just have a steady supply of cases. But it never feels like it's going to go back to just like, oh, the hospital is only busy around like holidays or if there's an actual like major disaster in an area, if that feels right to anybody else. Yeah, I mean, from what I can tell here, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's we're, we're a little bit insulated here, I feel like. It, it could also be a population density thing. But yeah, I know it took a long time for COVID to to be a big deal here, like seriously months before the numbers at the hospital were mildly alarming. You know, before it was like we had double digit people where everybody, you know, these are the larger cities had like thousands of people that had it. So, yeah, I'm probably not a great one to use in in terms of that. (laughs) Yeah, where I'm at, like it's it's been it's been plenty busy. I mean, we've had, I think, at least a week straight of 100 30, 150 plus cases, which is a lot for the small town I live in a day. Um, and our first report yesterday from the weekend, there was only 108. Um, but that's just because also we're don't like we're running out of tests in my area. So that limits the amount of, um, you know, what they get anyway. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully things will get better. And, you know, and, you know, the companies like Samsung and, and these others that are, haven't said if they're going to drop out or not, um, you know, by the time, MWC is here, you know, they won't have to come out because it'll have improved by that point. We don't have a new strain, hopefully, that makes it worse. Right. I mean, we have almost a month, so there's no telling what's going to happen in a month. Yeah, no, no It could joke. be way better by then. Or it could be way worse. True. I mean, let, let's let's take the last two years and look at it. Has it ever been <laughs> the perfect rosy scenario? Like, we can't, we, we can't hope for the best anymore because we just know that not even, like, we can't even hope for good half the time, it feels yeah. like. There were a couple of periods of lull where it, it wasn't too bad at all. Yeah. And then some some new strain comes out and it, you know, messes everything up again. But I, I feel like there was at least a time period there where things were moderately okay again. I can't remember exactly when at this point. It's been two very long years. Yes. <laughs> like it has been two very, very long years. But yeah, I recall seeing graphs and seeing it, you know, roller coaster basically, and you had that period of downtime for quite a while, at least in between the original and whatever the second strain was. So I don't know, maybe, maybe as it, as it evolves and, and all that stuff, it just, like you said, kind of teeters out and it's not that big a deal. Well, that's contingent upon it not mutating anymore. And I'm not sure how, how much that is a likely scenario, but right. moving on from doom and gloom and back to Android, uh, Qualcomm, which I think, they might still be slated to go to MWC, but they announced a partnership with SoundHound in order to have your voice searches like stay local on your wireless earbuds or on your Android device whenever you 
uh, use the smart commands on your either device and be like, okay, gee, uh, play music by X. So I'm, I'm happy to see it. But at the same time, I feel like Google and Samsung already do this. Or is this specifically for Qualcomm products? It, well, this is specifically for Qualcomm chipsets. Um, they were they were kind of ambiguous on the press release, and I think that's kind of the case with a lot of these partnerships, especially when they're doing on chip type of stuff, you know, like firmware related things and and um, updates of that nature. I took this as more of we want Android powered and Qualcomm powered devices that are not reliant on Google here's a sort of replacement for that functionality for these types of devices. So if you have a smart speaker, right, like like you were saying, that's not running Android necessarily, but does have a Qualcomm chip in it, it could have this tech and it would be able to locally process functions a lot quicker than having to go out to the cloud, get the answer, bring it back and all that stuff. Um, I, I mean, it, it's hard to tell where they're going to go with this, but I think that the important takeaway from this is that they are working on specific on-device software mixed with firmware that does this natively so that you can keep more of your voice searches off the cloud and on to, you know, locally processed things, which is great for privacy and it's great for speed because, you know, if it doesn't have to go out and get the answer and come back, it doesn't take as long. Well, and it'll be nice to see once this gets a little more mature, we can actually find out what chips you know, which Snapdragon chips this is going to be available on if Samsung or Samsung Qualcomm is going to stick it to their high end chips. And if that's the case, many of those are going to be, you know, devices that are going to be having uh, access to a Google and Samsung offer already. So I'd be curious to see how far down the chipset list uh, Qualcomm makes this available. Right. Yeah. And I, I also thought it was interesting that they picked SoundHound, which I don't know about you, but I don't think I've used SoundHound in seven eight years something like that yeah that's that's been a long time long since time. when i saw that pop up i was like oh i kind of forgot about them <laughs> they're still around okay yeah but i mean if you're doing song detection you obviously have to have a pretty beefed up version of voice detection and voice analysis because if you're going to recognize lyrics under music it, right yeah i don't think this is that i think this is specifically for voice commands and I mean, you know, like you said, well, it's no, like I'm saying I, it all it all builds towards the same matrix. So yeah. it makes it easier to pick your voice out of sounds that are not text or gotcha. that are okay. not speaking. I mean, it, it 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 doesn't make sense when you first look at it. But the more you think about it, I think it makes a little bit more sense just because this is a company that has been dealing with, OK, trying to detect speaking and trying to detect certain notes within a sound sample that may or may not be great quality. Right. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things they specifically highlighted when they were um, saying why they chose SoundHound for the partnership and all that is basically not only its natural language understanding, but being able to hear multiple voices for one, which is cool, you know, because it can tell the difference between several voices and issue different commands from those voices. And then, of course, it can also hear while other noise is going on, including, you know, the device itself playing music while also listening, you know, or, or playing some other kind of audio, I would assume music. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I am interested to see what devices this comes to. I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to think that this would be coming to any devices that are already out, but hopefully for future generations. Yeah, um, probably not. 
Yeah. Although, speaking of older Qualcomm chips, uh, we got our next Galaxy Z Flip competitor. Well, I say competitor, but it's Huawei's P50 Pro and P50 Pocket. The Pocket is the folding one, and the phone itself looks great. It's just, it's not going to come here because it's Huawei, which is a shame because it be it looks very interesting and it would be very interesting to try if not for the fact that it's still using a 4G version of the Snapdragon 888 because <laughs> yeah, Huawei, uh, Huawei can't get any of the new chips. I miss their stuff so much. I really do. <laughs> I, I never really had like... to use any of their phones, I don't think. If I, if I used a Huawei phone ever, it was back during like the, like, five or seven years ago when it was just like they only brought like little cheap phones to carriers and sold right. them through that and that was it yeah I, so. I used the um the p20 pro and the p30 pro as my dailies for i guess probably roughly a year or a year and a half i would guess between those two whenever they came out i i really i loved the cameras on those things some of the software was a little irritating but that has gotten better over the years of course until you know, recently when they had to remove all the Google stuff. But, you know, other than that, like, as far as the P50 goes, like, I love that name, P50 Pocket. That's great. Like, I feel like that's that's a nice way to to sell it, you know, instead of doing these other names. There's a lot of, like, the pro names. I feel that's that's totally overused. Yes. There's so many yes, products where I'm like, what does pro even mean in this product? Like, it it has it, it lost all meaning in, the, in it has, 2022. It's completely lost meaning. So, it just means expensive now. It, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But I, I like, um, I'd have to use it to see how useful it is. But I thought their little circular cutout display on the, the P50 Pocket was kind of cute. It is. I'm also digging this diamond texture across the front and the back of it when you're when you have it folded up. Because yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just snazzy. over having like, just plain flat basic plastic or metal or glass on the back of a phone like can can we get curved can we get crazy again because they're all going to be these rectangular slabs or these foldable slabs like bring back some of the unique textures and unique uh finishes like i i don't i want every phone to i want phones to feel different again and not everything feels like the exact same polished aluminum stainless steel or glass Agreed. It, yeah. And also for phones that are flat and just a color with glass, please put feet on them. Little raised edges would be nice because like if you put the uh, Z Flip 3 on a table uh, and it's closed, it just kind of slides off the table. Yeah. <laughs> and the Pixel Again. 6 is... Not as big of a deal because it has the camera hump. Better, but yeah, yeah, the camera hump helps a little bit, but not that much. Yeah, again, this is why we buy cases for our phones. Yeah, I I just think back to the um, the Nexus Four days, the original release that had no feet, which like to just slide off the table, and then they had that sort of refresh that had the feet, right? Yeah, (laughs) I basically fixed it. I'm like, just just put the little feet on it. It's okay. (laughs) It works. Doesn't the Find N have a, a textured glass back? Um, let me mute my mic and go find it, and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw somewhere that they did kind of a, a sandblasted, like a, a actual textured finish to the glass on the back of it, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, on the on the P50 Pocket, it looks kind of cool. I like that finish, and the I get the like mirroring twin circles, uh, one for the camera module and the other for the little display, but... 
I just have seen no point in having that other than a clock and a picture. Like you're not going to be able to do anything usable with the notifications, and unless right. it's going to run, you know, Wear OS, you can actually do something with it in that tiny hey, circular display. Be cool. That would be that'd great. Be really cool. Extend, the, yeah, extend that new API that they came out with this week because they uh, the. Android or the Wear OS team came out with a new API that was going to make it easier for apps to to build tiles. But yeah, bring tiles to phones with these little outer displays. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And so I I found the Find N. Um, I have the black one. I don't know about the other colors, what what their um, texture is. But the black one is like a very matte, fogged glass on the back. Um, It's definitely a nicer texture than just glass. So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't cool. know that that would help. I'm not sure if that would help from sliding off the table. Mm, I'm willing to bet it's not. <laughs> Probably not. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I don't have an angled table here to test it, but, you know. <laughs> if if it's anything like the the same sort of texture or treatment that they did on the the OnePlus, was it the 6? The 6T had the sandblasted one. Because when you said sandblasted, yeah. I was like, that still doesn't really make it super grippy. Yeah, so it depends on how... If it's just basically a frosted glass or actual, you know, uh, what I what I heard or read was that it was it was not nothing like a sandstone case from OnePlus, but it definitely had a more more grit to it than a you know, yeah. Just a basic, you know, the the OnePlus sandstone is is like the pinnacle of grippiness on phones. Like man, that was that was the best. <laughs> I love that nah. so much. Well, I mean, there's grippy and there's just irritating, and the sandstone, whenever I held it, was just irritating. I don't know. I I had the the original one plus one with the 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 sandstone back, and I adored it. So, but then of course when the bamboo one came out, I swapped it out for that. So whatever. <laughs> I suppose I like the bamboo better. I mean, there's no arguing with that. In, bamboo in, is in a really case, cool material. Yeah. In in any case, like you said, I want more textures and things like that on phones. I mean, I know I could put a case on it, but. I'm a person who doesn't like cases on their phones, so I just want the phone to look and feel different. Oh, I'm a person who absolutely loves cases. But at the same time, <laughs> if you make the phone itself more interesting, more grippy, more fun- uh, more functional and fashionable to a degree, I'm going to want to I'm going to want to use the phone even without a case. But I'm also going to be wanting to put like a clear case or something on to display that beautiful back. So, but I just, I just want phones to not be just these slippery soap bars. And I don't know, the, the P50 Pocket doesn't look super slippery like whenever I look at a Galaxy Z Flip 3. Because it's all just smooth edges and smooth curves and just this smooth plastic or smooth right. glass across the back and the front. And I'm just like, yeah. uh. It's it's got some more character. It'd be cool to see Samsung do more of that too. But I mean, based on what we've seen from the S twenty two, kind of feels like happening. Samsung is going a little more uh, safe this year, maybe. Which I find strange given the bespoke editions and all that last year, when and you know the purple and gold and all the other I don't know very standout stuff they did. And you know, starting with the S twenty one FE, it's like it's kind of boring looking, guys. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's yeah. fine, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're hopefully they'll still like try out some special colors because I mean, I think I think they've all been leaked, but I'm really hoping for more. Yeah, please. Yeah, I mean, so far, what, I'm I'm just looking at our, our leaks page. What do we got? We got like looks like a forest green, right? 
And then we have, you know, the of course, the, the black one, which is all black. And then there's a pink. I don't know what the pink one is. If we said what the color was called or if we even have that info yet. But I mean, I... I don't really care what it's called. The yeah, well, pink no, looks, it's pink, whatever. The pink on the Ultra looked weird in the leaks that I have seen. And the pink for the smaller versions that I have seen is just too, it's too, like, this light, slightly beige. It's, it's too, it's not quite Mary Kay pink, but oh, it's Mary, Mary Kay, Kay that's pink. kind of been left in the sun <laughs> and gotten a bad tan. It, it's kind of like the, what was it, pinkish or light pink or whatever, kind of pink or whatever that Google kind had. Kind of pink, yeah. Kind of pink. I, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking, too, is like Google's silly silly naming schemes for its very slightly colored ones. Well, yeah. The, the pink version of the Ultra almost looks like a blend of the like pink and the mystic bronze that they did. Like those two kind of match oh. together. It's, it's a weird, weird hue. Yeah. Are you talking and that I mean, one, the Ultra one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought I was looking at it like this has got to be the same mystic bronze. And then I went and grabbed the fold, too. And I'm like, no, it's it's slightly it's different. It's like a little little darker, which yeah. I mean, a little pinker. I also, I also dig that it's not the same mystic bronze because I'm sorry, mystic bronze was just ugly in my mind. Oh, I'm not sure this is I, better. I don't but like you anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. Jeremy didn't like the orange pixel four, and that was the one I picked. So whatever. I'll get over it. I'll just keep buying the ones I like. Yeah, just buy the phones you like. Buy buy phones that are fun. Um, I will say the gr- the green. I'm still not a hundred percent sure on, but I am so happy it is not the same green as last year because the green oh, that we yeah. saw on the flip three, the fold three, no more that olive green, green was not pretty. Oh no, I mean, and yes, like nuke the olive green accessories from space. No, those, those aren't olive. Those are. Baby food pea color. Yeah, like, I don't know what those the, the, are. The the green from last year, like I was so excited when I got my fold three and that what phantom green is what they called it. Right. Yeah. And man, I I had to check multiple times. I even asked you guys, like, is this like how green is the green? Because I couldn't, unless the light hit it just right, like you didn't see it. It almost looked black. It was weird. Yes. I was actually when gonna that say says phantom green, it means phantom. Yeah, yeah literally you're, gonna, is a you're phantom. have trouble finding it. No, this looks a lot more. Uh, noticeably green than that, which I like. This actually looks pretty similar to the iPhone, was it 11 that had that forest green? I don't know. When I was looking at it, it gave me the OnePlus vibes from either last year or the year before. All the years have blurred together. It's all just a mess of colors in my mind now. I'm just trying to remember. Okay. I think one of the interesting things looking at these leaked images is that the, like, they're keeping the S22... Uh, and that's 22 plus or keeping the camera module kind of bleeds into the rail that we liked. And yep. for the ultra, like it, 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 it's, it's a note. I mean, it like, it's more squared off. It's got a different design. Like it looks like, yeah. a, it looks it like it should straight up just looks called, like a note. be called a note. Yeah. I, I do wish, you know, if these end up being true, which I'm sure they are at this point, I do wish that they had kept the, the contour edge. I think they call it going around the camera lenses because I, I really like that look. Like, I think they really nailed it last year with the S21. And I'm glad they kept the lines. But, you know, like we were saying before, it's just, at least in the leaks so far, it, it kind of looks like it's just one color over the whole thing, which kind of I'm boring. It's reminding me of the LG chocolate in a lot of not great oh, ways. Oh, yeah. Especially with the colors. <laughs> You're right. 
That's exactly what it looks like. Huh. Look at that. Come full circle. What's old is new. <laughs> That's right. Everything old is new again. Time is a flat circle. Indeed. Alrighty, so. but in Samsung news, that is like official confirmed. We know it. We now know when we're going to get to see the S22 and whatever the rest of them are called. Because I still don't know if they're going to be Note or Ultra or whatever the heck they're going to call them. I kind of hope it's no, just because, I mean, I don't want that brand to completely and utterly die. And let's face it, the, the big one is a note. It's huge. It has, it looks like the pin slots into the side and it's, it looks, it looks like the Note 20. Or no, it looks like the Note 10. It looks a little bit more like the Note 10, only with prettier colors. I appreciate that Derek put in this article that it re- resembles the the Note 20. He's talking about the other other ones and then the... Uh, I guess the Ultra resembles the LG Velvet. <laughs> Good job, Derek. Gotta sneak in that LG reference. Yeah, Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what I was like, hey, I bet you Derek wrote this article. Yep, he did. <laughs> Love but it. The event is February the 9th, and we are going to get new phones. I think we've seen enough leaks. I think the tablets are basically confirmed, right? Nachi tablet, yep, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, and yeah. then I'm trying to remember if we're getting any more new earbuds or not. Because didn't we just get? We just well, got them. Oh. I doubt they're going to do that unless they yeah. figured out a way to, uh, you know. <laughs> like we have, we have Chris on here. You can explain now. Yeah, no, because I mean they they need to reformulate those with different plastics, <laughs> like entirely <laughs> or, different or something. Whatever the problem is. Yes. But in any event, that will be February the 9th. So that's going to be a fun Wednesday. Hopefully it'll be warm and I can actually go and escape to a Disney park afterwards because I'm pretty sure I'm going to need just detox time after the Samsung event is over. There you go. But uh, we have one more piece of little Samsung news. And that is that we're... We're thinking that there might be a Galaxy Home Mini speaker at the Samsung Unpacked event, and I'm I'm not quite feeling it. I don't think so. At, but at the same time, I mean, if Bixby if Bixby is really going to try and compete with Alexa and Assistant, it has to it has to have speakers that can use it because it can't just be using it on your phone and that weird tablet hub thing that we saw at CES, which was really cool. I really wish it, there was a Google-fied version of it, but we can't just have that. We need speakers that have it. When I saw the the you know the news post go up and it said mini successor, I immediately was like, "Wait, we had a we didn't have one before." Like they That's talked what about I thought it. Too. I, it really caught me off guard, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it, they did. It just wasn't here." Uh, but yeah, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Like. I don't know. I've got, you know, I've got the Fold 3 and I've had, you know, their watches and the Fold 2 and I just, I still can't get myself to use Bixby and and it's not, you know, not that it's a bad product. It has its merits, but like, I don't need another digital assistant to to yell at between, you know, Alexa and, and G. Sorry, everybody. Um, it's, I can't deal with it. Oh. Uh, another one. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, sorry. We, we need to just refer to these as A and, uh, well, no, they're both A. <laughs> just just call it a- Amazon or something. I don't know. <laughs> a and G. A and yeah. G. And then B. But I mean, again, it's, 
I, I've tested out Alexa products. I've used Alexa products before. Alexa products are fine. That's what my parents use. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm all Google Assistant everything because if you're going to have to tie everything into your assistant in order to have everything work, I'd rather only tie it into one than have to tie it into all of them. Which is another reason that I'm hoping that Matter can get its act together and get out here. Because I want everything to work together. Please. We might see a Galaxy Home Mini speaker. I'm I'm actually going to bet no, because if the original one only launched in South Korea, I could see Samsung doing that again. And then if it works in South Korea, maybe they try and bring it everywhere else like this fall. But at the same time, I'm 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 not feeling it. I, I don't think we're going to see it. I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to compete with a and G in the West. <laughs> no, probably not. But, you know, at the very least, it'll be an improvement if they do release this one. So, I mean, outside of their homes or uh, home country. Yeah. I almost said home city. <laughs> Good job. South Korea is way more than just a city. Bro. It's way more than a city. Come on. Wrong C. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk a bunch of leaks and some Google news that is semi-interesting. So we'll be right back. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who already know how useful a VPN can be and those who are about to find out. That's why we are sponsored this week by Surfshark VPN. It doesn't matter if you're at home, the coffee shop, or even visiting the amusement park like me. Wherever you are and whatever you happen to be doing online, using a VPN, a virtual private network, transforms your internet experience in several ways. The first thing is that it encrypts and anonymizes your online data so that your internet service provider can't track what sites you visit. Private tabs and incognito modes don't do anything to mask browser history from your ISP. And if you're on public Wi-Fi, there's the added risk of your data being intercepted by hackers. Masking your IP address is essential to becoming private online. A VPN like Surfshark makes sure that your city, country, and download history aren't linked to your identity. Surfshark lets you use their service on an unlimited number of devices. Laptop, phone, tablet, desktop, PC at home, you name it. Your account is good to go for all of them. And another really cool feature of using a VPN is that it allows you to change your virtual location. Say you're traveling abroad, you can change your virtual location back to your home country and get access to the streaming services you know and love back home that might not be available abroad. Surfstock has over 3,200 servers in 65 countries. We want you to transform the way you enjoy the web. Go to surfshark.deals/acp and use the code ACP to get 83% off plus three extra months for free when you sign up. Check it out, surfshark.deals slash ACP. One last time, that is surfshark.deals slash ACP. Thanks to Surfshark for supporting the show. Getting back to the news, uh, Nick, let's talk PSVR 2 a little bit. And the rumor that we got this week was that it was going to have like double the resolution of the previous model, which is understandably great, but I'm also not sure how much that's going to help and how much that's going to be compared to the Quest 2 and the upcoming Quest models. Right. Um, so I, I won't go too far into technical stuff. If you want all the technical details, read the article. I wrote like 900 words on this nonsense. But <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, this um, display supply chain consultants group um came out with a report this week saying that the displays Sony is using for the PSVR 2 
will have greater than 800 pixels per inch density per eye. So the original PSVR was something like just slightly under 200 pixels per inch per eye. (laughs) Trying to keep this straight. Um, So going from obviously 193 roughly to over 800 is pretty crazy like that that's a substantial increase in well i mean it's also just been density. like almost a decade uh yeah i mean psvr is six years old it it was not necessarily it really been that long yes and it, it was not necessarily 2016 so um oh damn <laughs> yeah i can't remember when in 2016 it came out but it was 2016 i think it was toward the end of the year god i um, feel old <laughs> It was not necessarily like super cutting edge when it came out. There were some things it did right, including an RGB stripe OLED panel, which thankfully they are sticking with that this time around. So one of the reasons that Oculus and a bunch of these other companies moved to the fast switching LCDs in like the uh, the Oculus Quest 2 and the Rift S and the Vive, uh, which one was it? Cosmos and another one I can't remember right now um, was because they're RGB stripe. They allow basically more more sub pixels to be smashed next to each other versus um, a lot of the other OLED panels, um, especially on the original Rift and the original Vive were pentile, which is a diamond shape. So if you're putting diamonds in a row next to each other, you have those lovely diamond shaped gaps effectively in between each one. So especially on a VR headset, having an RGB stripe, which is, you know, kind of a literal column that you're just putting right next to each other is important because then you don't have those gaps. And because in, you know, in in a VR headset, you can see the pixels better because your eyes are literally right on top of the display. You know, that that's a big deal. Now, this particular measurement is not quite as important in VR as it is in um, maybe flat displays. Because, yes, the the pixel density is a big deal, and it will make a difference, especially with, like, screen door effect, which is when you're looking in the distance, you kind of see it shimmer, and you can't see detail. That gets reduced by having um, a higher pixel density. But the uh, pixels per degree is a more VR-centric measurement that involves the, the lenses themselves and how wide of a field of view you have and, you know, how many pixels your retina can perceive, basically. So that number is closer to what the Quest 2 currently uses. So I I don't know in in the end how much this is really going to make a difference. I think really the biggest difference between the Quest 2 and the PSVR 2 is going to be the fact that Sony is using an OLED display. So you're going to actually have, you know, blacks are black. They're not gray. Um, You have better colors from an OLED, and this is an HDR OLED. So you're talking way brighter brights, you know, way darker darks, like just the the whole range. uh, I don't remember if it's 10 or 12-bit color, but, you know, the the color range is wider. It's just a better display in general. Um, As far as the Quest Pro, and then, you know, of course, the Quest 3 next year go, who knows? Hopefully they'll also use RGB OLEDs, but I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. <laughs> we're gonna stick with chicken stuff yeah, that was the one thing that i didn't care for as much with the quest 2 like i really liked the the quest one for me it was way less blurry like i have more instances where i'm out of focus on the uh the quest 2 uh like being blurry if i don't have just the exact precise 
setting them. But so I hope hopefully this change on the PSVR two and the improved resolution is sticking with the OLED and, and uh, the stripes layout will, will turn out really good. Right. Um, one thing I actually forgot to mention. Um, so having this, you know, 800 pixels per eye den- uh, density, um, pixels per inch, I'm sorry, means that the displays they're using have to be physically smaller. If if we're talking, you know, the roughly the same resolution as a Quest 2, and yet the density is much higher. So that kind of fits in with some other tidbits that say that Sony is making a much smaller headset this time around, you know, which is uh, surmised. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good for sure, but that's one of the reasons people surmise that they're still using um, a, a USB-C cable to connect it versus trying to go wireless and putting all the extra equipment in the headset. So I don't know. That could just be people being hopeful, but <laughs> I'll try to be hopeful right along with them because it'd be great to have a smaller headset. And there are there are several of them out there. There's a Panasonic one. Um, they just showed another one off at CES. Uh, HTC has the Five Flow, which you know th- these are not quite on the same level um, in some cases as the the PSVR two functionally. But I don't see any reason why Sony couldn't do it if they're taking other components out of it, like batteries. I'm just all for it being smaller and lighter, and it being actually comfortable for someone like me to use. <laughs> I needed That's to fair. fit well with I needed to fit well over my glasses because I'm if I'm because either I needed to work well over my glasses or I needed to only basically show me one eye because my right eye will just be a blurry mess and will take me out of the experience. Right. Yep. But I, get it. I, I needed to be I needed to fit over my glasses and I needed to not just push my glasses down until it breaks my nose. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Well, I mean, I, I like the the prints from the iPads on my glasses. The last time I did VR for any significant amount of time, like it took like a day or a day and a half for the pad for the um the imprints to ease up from my nose, from how Dang. heavy it was and how long it was there. What headset did you use? Oh God, I want to say it was a Vive, huh. but it was a couple of years ago. Because again, I mean, I what, was it a Vive with the cloth straps? Probably it was it was it was a good couple of years ago because like yeah, after, I mean that would make sense. that turned me off of VR for a good while because I was yeah, just I like these are really cool I have a lot of fun playing with it but also ow yeah if ow. it's uncomfortable it's gonna that's gonna totally kill it so yes I I get it I think I would assume that since you've used it you know aside from um, being lighter the yeah. head straps themselves are also significantly better because I know that that original. Uh, cloth strap on the Vive was absolutely awful. And then they followed it up with the deluxe audio strap, which it is probably still considered the best head strap design for most people. And you can even still buy those on Amazon and buy a little 3D printed piece and stick them on a Quest 2. <laughs> That's how good they are. Alrighty. But we're <laughs> we're still we're still how how far out are we from PSVR two at this we point? Don't know. We it's don't probably we still don't this know. fall. <laughs> yeah, sometime last year we got um, a leak from one of the lens manufacturers that put the order date somewhere around the fall. But I haven't seen any updated f- figures since then or any rumors, to be honest, since then. So who knows? They could slip it further into, you know, 2023 at this point. Well, I mean, I get how we want all the con- like I get how every console wants to be launched right during the holiday shopping series 
uh, right. season so it can be just like, oh, that's what I want for Christmas. For like for the PSVR 2 and things that are like, okay, we want people to like try these and then get their friends to try these. Can y'all launch during the summer when most uh when the kids and the people who would traditionally be playing this the most and giving the most feedback have actual time to do things with it? Because if you do it during the fall, there's no there's no such thing as a quiet time between no. the beginning of October and the middle of January. Because if you're uh, if you're a kid, you have like midterms and finals and end of term project projects and whatnot. In addition to all the holidays, if you're an adult, you have work through all of that plus the holidays. And I mean, it's summer is when people actually get time to take breathers. So please give us things like that during the summer and not make us wait. Because I mean, even if I could buy the PSVR two this Christmas, which I don't know if I would be able to just because PS5s are still in such short supply, but I wouldn't have time to use it until at least April. And I'm willing to bet I'm not alone. No, probably not. I mean, I look at my backlog of games and like even the stuff we got for Christmas, I probably won't play or even get close to beating most of that until the summer. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not just because I have to review games for a living, you know, like like just evenings. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of stuff. It gets crammed in there and then you just don't have time to play it all or see it all, use it all or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's that's part of why the Steam sale at Christmas is always like, oh, how many games am I going to add to my backlog this year? Oh, I'm only at 60. Let's put that up to 100. Because there's there's just not enough time. <laughs> there's never enough time to play them all. But I'm I'm really hoping that PSVR can break through a little bit more and help bring us a competent console VR platform. Because, I mean, Quest is great, but Quest is also, it's a standalone unit, so it's going to have more power, it's going to be heavier, and it's not going to have as much processing power as a console that you're connected to. So yep. PSVR can has the potential to look as good as stuff coming out of a Vive, and be as powerful and as fast as stuff coming out of a Vive while still being as light and as friendly as an Oculus, which is why I'm right. very hopeful for it. Assuming Sony can get their supply ch- uh, supply chain nonsense worked out. Yep. High, high hopes all around, I would high say. High hopes all around. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, moving on to our next leak. This one is something that's going to be coming fairly soon because this is the OnePlus Nord 2T which should be coming out next month, I believe. Um, I miss the Nord series, and I wish more of them came stateside that were actually, you know, like, really, really good. But the OnePlus Nord 2T seems like it's going to be pretty decent. It's tipped to have MediaTek's uh, Dimensity 1300 SoC, which I'm trying to remember. The the OnePlus, uh, the OnePlus 10 Pro had Snapdragon, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. But the thirteen, uh, but they had like the they had the was it the ten? Uh, did they have the thousand or the twelve hundred in one of the previous Nords? Because the Nord two I thought had the MediaTek. Yeah, it looks like there was the twelve hundred. Yeah, so it it'll be interesting to see a more powerful version of that chip because we know that the Dimensity twelve hundred has done pretty great, and the thirteen hundred is hopefully going to do just as much, if not no, as just as much, if not more. So the Nord two T. We got most of the specs. The one that stands out to me the most, honestly, besides the processor, is 80-watt charging. Because for a mid-range phone to offer that is just kind of amazing. 
Like even like Samsung won't even do the fastest level of charging for one of its flagship phones. Right. And I'm because I'm like, you know, like the S22 or the S21, you couldn't charge it as fast as you could charge the plus and the ultra. And for like the note, the note 10, you could uh, the note 10, you could only charge at 25. The note 10 or uh, the note 20 was only 25. The note 20 plus was the only one that would do 45. So it's seeing that kind of charging speed on something that isn't a thousand dollars is so wonderful. Slightly scary, but wonderful. But we also know that OnePlus's method for warp charge is pretty safe and pretty dependable. So I'm happy to see it being used in more places. Yeah, and I'm 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 happy to see them sticking with this uh, like style and price of phone because I know when the OnePlus X came out, you know, however many years ago that was, I think it was 250 bucks, and gosh, what a value it was! Like it looked good, it was an awesome phone. Camera could have used work, but yeah, but that's true. You know, most OnePlus phones, right? Yeah, but I mean, for 250 bucks, it was like it's, it's kind of hard to complain too much. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 great to see them paying attention to this market and making phones that are actually worth buying without having to spend a ton of money. Yeah. So that will be we'll get the rest of the details next month, but I'm relatively optimistic for this phone. It'll it'll be interesting to see how it does compared to everything else coming out this spring because we are getting into the thick of phone launch season. Yay. But so huzzah. Huzzah. So many new phones, so many new accessories, so little time. Um, Although speaking of phones that have been out for a while and have been waiting for things, this original Surface Duo finally got Android 11. And when I saw the headline, I was like, wait, we meant 12, right? No, we meant 11. Oh, damn. Yep, I know. This is one that has been a little long in the tooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I still wish this is one that I could I want to I want to use like I don't know forever enough for my daily driver, but I'd love to use one. And, you know, I think I like the hardware that they do on the first over the second personally is the oh, aesthetic well, wise. You don't like the one that you can't fold all the way back and that isn't completely flat on a desk when you set it down. Oh, yeah. But it, but it's it's all for the cameras. It's totally worth it because it's yeah. they're amazing. Right? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, so when I saw like, the Surface <laughs> One got the update, I was like, I was stoked. I was so excited because I was like, not I me, mean, not I was excited because some people have it and get to use it, but I, I was good to see them not completely abandon the product. Yes, yes, I'm very happy with what Microsoft has been able to do with the first version. In addition to having the second one, that they can, you know, they started out better and they can stay a little bit more ahead of the curve with, because we need more foldables that actually sell and. North America to compete with the Fold 3. Otherwise, Samsung is just going to get lazy and complacent. We can't have that for foldables right, right now. And and I also like that Microsoft is doing something different from, I think, basically everybody else, right? I mean, does anybody yeah. else really do the dual screen folding thing right now? LG, rest in peace. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean right now. <laughs> yeah. They, they did, you know, and that was cool. I mean, I remember playing around with that uh, a couple of times on the... What did I have? The V50, I think, had it. That sounds right. V50 and yeah, 60. Yeah, had the uh, attachment for it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I had that thing for a while. Um, it was cool. I, I didn't really get a whole lot of use out of it. But of course, LG didn't do nearly as much with um, the software as I think Microsoft did. It, there were a, a couple of really cool little features where you could put different apps on the screens and stuff like that. But I think 
in general, Microsoft has done a bit of a better job with, um, you know, moving things between screens and. Oh yeah, no, they've done else. they've done wondrous things with getting apps. Well, especially with getting third apps to get on board with designing for a multi-screen yes. device. Yeah, which is so important. Right, and then of course, I mean, who knows if Android twelve L will come to either the Surface Duo <laughs> one or two? But I'm hoping it comes to the two. I mean, come on. I hope so. Yeah. It, it, it's like it was a version of Android literally built for film, phones like this or you know, devices like this, whatever we want to call these things. And they, Yeah, and I mean, they're they're going to get it eventually. They might as well get in on the testing and try and make sure that everything is good and proper and works good with a multi-screen phone as, a, as opposed to just, oh, it works with foldables, but it's still not quite there for multi-screen devices. Right. I'm hopeful that it gets a 12L beta. I get why it wasn't the first one to get it because... Obviously, if you're going to work with Samsung like on something like this, they're going to want an exclusivity period. But uh, I'm I'm hopeful that more foldables can get in on that and help diversify the testing of it. Because we need 12L to actually work before it becomes just part of Android going forward. Because we're pretty sure that 12L is just going to be what turns into 13, right? I would assume so. I don't know. 12L was kind of a weird thing because... It's like this bizarro side release that they're experimenting with, and they're still putting out betas, even though we're expecting the Android 13 developer preview in, what, a month? Slightly less? Eh. Don't we usually I, get I the developer previews in March? I think last year was end of February. Yes, I thought it was March. Okay, yeah. I thought it was end of February, but and maybe maybe I'm thinking of MWC like we were talking about before. <laughs> it all in any case, together. It's, it's less than two months away is the expected date, and yet, you know, like I said, we're still... We're still getting betas for 12L, so I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to be like a honeycomb style release where it's just for foldables and they don't really release it well, for other stuff I mean, outside of the testing it's devices because they're testing it on regular pixels too. Right. I mean, yeah. like this is a version of Android. Like this is a version of Android for everything. They're just focusing on foldables because that needed the most work. So I don't know, but whether we see 12L or 13L or if they go. If they if they split, and I really hope they don't, the first beta that we'll see that you can use without getting into a developer preview is going to be at Google I.O., which is also where we're now expecting two device launches. Because we think the Pixel, we already thought the Pixel Watch was going to launch then if we get it this in the first half of this year. And now we think we're going to get the Pixel 6 at Google I.O., which... A lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be early this year. And I'm like, what are y'all talking? No, this is this is when it, the A is supposed to launch. I'm happy right. that we're getting back to this. Yeah, the 5A was a the 5A was a great phone. And I'm sad that it's going to have a slightly shorter life. But also the 5A didn't launch in that many markets. And the rest of the world needs a 6A that they can use. So, yeah, launch it at I.O. and launch it everywhere. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see the 6A because, you know, based on on these leaks, it looks just like the six, which is awesome. That means they're sticking with this design language, and I love this yep. design language. Um, and then, of course, wasn't this rumored to have Tensor in it? I don't know if it was a cut-down yeah, Tensor yeah, they're, or they're, what. They're, I mean, they're copying the Pixel 6. It's going to have Tensor. Right. So, I mean, the question is, to make this an A device, and therefore cheaper, what are they, you know, clipping off? cameras they're not going to have yeah. that 50 megapixel pixel camera sensor we're going to have a slightly lesser camera well we're going to get i the rumor i've heard is that we're going to get the same camera that's in the 5a and the 
uh, in the previous pixel generations, which you know uh, that makes me want to cry a little that, bit. But but it's okay because yes. if you recall, we had that blind camera test. What at the end of the year? And yeah, which phone yeah. won? Not the one with the newer sensors. Yeah, <laughs> it was the one using the tried and true sensors that are like eight and a half years old or whatever they are. <laughs> I get that it works, but also, I mean, they're still just dialing in the new sensor and having another phone with it couldn't really couldn't hurt. But it is somewhere yeah. where they can save money, and I'm happy to let them do that there. Um, they're also it could thinking also it's going to be gonna a supply be... chain thing. You know, they got a bin of these old ones lying around, and they're like, "Hey, we'll cut you a deal since we, you know, can't really make new ones." <laughs> yeah. Well. The only thing, my only hopes for the Pixel 6a is that it's a Pixel 6 with a headphone jack and that it's a Pixel 6 that, I want the 6a to have wireless charging. It's time. Like, we've we've gone enough years where it's like, oh, the A series is good, but we took out the wireless charging. Give, give me wireless charging this year. Y'all gave me waterproofing last year. This is the last thing that separates, like, I need the flagship versus I can just grab the A and go. I just hope the the Pixel 6a, I, I hope it keeps the A-series pricing because yes. that's what's oh, been yes. so great about it. I mean, considering, sure. I mean, to say that we're going to downgrade cameras in it because we're not getting the, you know, the 50 megapixel sensor in the six propers that like it's still going to be, you know, one of the best camera systems you can get for the price if they keep the A-series pricing. So I think it's well, not I mean, losing there. I mean, the, yeah. the Pixel 6 is $600. You you can't price the 6A anywhere north of 400 If it's a matter of 450 versus 600 the 6 gets discounted enough, especially at carriers, that the 6A wouldn't sell. You need the 6A to be $400 or less. Right. And if they downgrade True. from a 120 uh, hertz screen back down to 60 or was it 90 on the regular 6? I mean... I have the six and I'm looking at it right now. And the regular I, I, six is I, 90. Yeah. yeah, 90. It's nice, but 60 is all you really need. I'm sorry. I I can't really tell the difference most of the time. And I'm willing to bet most people are like that too. But knocking the screen back down to 60 hertz and giving us the older camera, between those two things, I think you're still going to knock enough off of the price. Especially if they go back to just give us the one camera on the back of the Pixel 6. Because I'm sorry. I've heard rumors that it's still going to have that wide angle lens and I'm no, just, just don't that wide angle lens isn't wide angle. It's so, it's not, it, it's just a slightly wider than the normal lens. Unless you're going to give us a true ultra wide, just get right. rid of this and give us a better main sensor. That's all I ask. And if you're, you're, if you're going to go with the old camera, just give us the one back sensor and just save the cost from the other one. And instead, give me wireless charging because I want it. But yeah, the Pixel 6a will be hopefully coming at I.O., which I am so happy for. Um, Another product launch that I don't think we're going to see at Google I.O., but I could be wrong because Google I.O. is where a lot of this stuff usually comes out. Uh, Google may be uh, preparing a Chromecast HD with Google TV, which... The regular Chromecast with Google TV is 4K and $50. So I think they're aiming for like $30 and only HD for this version to to actually replace the Chromecast that is still yes. sold in stores. Yeah, I was going to say, an, an actual Chromecast replacement. <laughs> yeah. I think this is going to have to be 25 to really compete. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because most of them in, in this 
you know, spec range are like 20 bucks, aren't they? Something like that. 20, 25. They're, they're dirt cheap for what they are. I'd, um, I'd love to see them do two models because you have this one, which will hit the right price. And then I would love to see them do one that has more storage in it. Yes. <laughs> because the current Chromecast of Google TV is... Oh, eight is gigabytes. Four gigs? Eight? Well, it's, 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 it's eight total, and half of it is taken by the system. So you have yes, four gigabytes it's, of storage. It's useless. Like, uh, you guys realize uh, this thing, you know, can have apps installed on it, right? Yeah. And, you know, four gigs is not really enough for apps. <laughs> I mean, before the update that they did a couple of months ago that helped free up storage because of how the, it installed apps and did yes. app storage, before that update... I was having to uninstall apps just to do updates to things like Twitch and Prime yep. Video because the apps themselves were so big and installing the new app took so much space. Yeah. I mean, I, I would pay $100 if they make a Google TV that has double the RAM and double the storage. That's yes. all you need to change for me. The remote is great. Just give me more storage and give me enough RAM to where I can actually use a recent menu and pop back and forth between two apps. Yeah, that would be helpful too. I mean, I was also thinking like even even adding an SD card SD card support. I mean, um, it's got to, support for USB-C hubs. Like that's that's all you need. Yeah. The bigger I, I issue guess. is that the know. Google. Uh, well, the bigger issue there is the Google TV is just too locked down from a permission standpoint. Like, try I'll, I I'll take screenshots on the Google TV for an article. And I have to fire up an FTP server just to get the darn things off the device and onto my phone or my laptop. That's Awful. how hard it is to train. That is how hard it is to copy or even uh, to copy or even read to external storage on that thing. You can read to some external storage pretty decently. Copying or doing any sort of like writing to the cards doesn't really work. So no, I'm yeah you. You can plug in a server through an uh, through a hub if you need to, and I'd rather them do that than try and tack on a micro SD slot that's going to be easy to break. Especially because if they put a micro SD card slot on here, they're either going to have to make it significantly larger or they're going to have to make it thicker. And I don't want them to do either one. It's a it's a good size. Just advertise the hubs, because I mean you're going to want to buy a hub for Google TV anyway, just so you can get Ethernet, because otherwise it will buffer. Because it right. doesn't have enough RAM. But yeah, so I'm, I know why they're building this. I know the audience for this and the audience is not going to care about the storage of the RAM the way that we would. Because they're just going to be like, okay, I just have this old, I have an old TV that doesn't have any smart apps and I just want to plug something into it so I can watch my shows. Right. And that this will be all they need and it'll, it'll work. It'll be a nice, it will, it will be a worthwhile replacement for the current regular Chromecast because that needs to probably go on its way out. Um, but yeah, I, I really want a... I want a slightly nicer version of the Google TV with more storage and more RAM because I the, the two things that I miss from the NVIDIA Shield TV, which I still have a 2015 Shield TV. It still works. I should boot it up and install the new system, but I'm going to wait till they finish ironing, ironing out all the bugs because I don't believe the hotfixes have truly fixed everything. But the two things I missed from that were being able to hit a recent button and swap between apps quickly. And I miss not having to worry about storage. 
Because even though the one that I had only had 16 gigabytes of storage, unless you're installing games on it, that's plenty. Right. And I have no illusions about trying to play actual like on-device games on the current Google TV with the hardware that it has. Like, I just want enough space for all my streaming apps and for caching uh, and for caching data from whatever I'm streaming or whatever matrix I'm looking through. Because yeah. that's what the cache data is on a Go- on Google TV apps. I think for me, um, I would be more inclined to buy a slightly higher spec Google TV, you know, for like maybe 70 bucks that has the yeah. extra storage and RAM but because it would then TV let you. Pro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, please, please don't call it pro. Please don't call it pro. <laughs> just call it a Google TV Kills and just me. have two configurations. You have a $50 one with four, eight gigabytes of storage. You have a $70 one with 16 gigabytes of storage and one extra gig of RAM. Yeah, or, or just something. Or two like, extra gigs of RAM. It's, it feels like it's right there. It's like on the cusp of greatness. Yes. <laughs> but it's not there yet. <laughs> It could it's be Google so good. hardware. That's all it ever is on the cusp I mean, of goodness, right? It, it still doesn't stop me from using mine eight hours a day every day. I still love the crap out of my Google TV, but I'm going to poke it with a stick because Google should never have launched this thing with only eight gigabytes of storage. No, it's just dumb. I mean, even an extra 10 bucks would have done. I don't know. I just, it, it, it feels like it, like I said, it's just on the cusp. Well, and I mean, the difference between the eight gigabyte chip and the 16 gigabyte chip for storage on something like that, pennies. They chose to go with the eight gigabyte version just to save literally any amount of money that they could to get yeah. it down to $50. There are some things you shouldn't cheap out on. Storage is one of them when it comes to like, oh, this is what this system itself is going to be running on in all of your apps. It's why phones don't, it's why most phones st- either start at 64 gigabytes of storage or 128 these days. The only phones you see that start with 32 or I don't even know if any phones launch with lower other than sub $100 phones. But the reason all these start with higher amounts of storage is because, yeah, we we know what happens if you run out of room on an uh, Android phone and it is not pretty. We also know this for anything else that runs Android. You need storage. So, sorry, that had to vent because, yeah, it could be great. And this the upcoming cheaper like budget model will be fine. Especially because since it's not having to do anything 4K or HDR or any of that stuff, it can just focus on like, okay, I just need to run apps and I just need to do 720 or 1080. That's fine. Like the hardware that's currently in there works great at that. So it, it, it'll be fine. It could be better. Life is good, but it can be better. (laughs) Ah, that movie. Um. But there is one other little tidbit of Google News, and it ropes back to uh, G, because you can now tell Assistant to just shut up, and it will immediately silence itself instead of trying to, like, say something else. Like, you can just tell it shut up, and it'll shut up, which I don't get why this wasn't a thing from day one. Like, if you have, if you say stop or cancel, you'll sometimes get a noise. And now, but usually it'll keep trying to do whatever it's doing. And if you just say shut up, it'll, it'll stop and cease and desist, which is wonderful. I, I got the creepiest, happy smile from my wife when I told her about this new feature for Google Assistant. She was so excited oh that gosh. finally, when the stupid thing doesn't listen, because she gets very bad <laughs> at the smart speakers, so when it doesn't listen, she'll just be able to scream stop at it when she's had enough of the thing trying to figure out what she's trying to tell it. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know how quickly my mom's going to find out about it, but I'm sure she'll be happy with it eventually. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't have to use commands like that very often because most of the time Google understands me pretty well after me using Google Now and Google Assistant for, God, 10 years? Eight years? How long has it been since we had Google Now on tap? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't remember. It's been, no. it's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. It, so it's been, been long I, enough. Yeah, but Google Google's voice match of me has me down pretty well by this point, which means that I don't have to tell it to shut up that often. But every now and again, it just gets on a tear, and I'm like, no, no, I don't need yep. to hear this. <laughs> yeah, typically, I, I think ours don't really have any issue hearing us. The only time recently that this cropped up was um, for Christmas. We got these like, I call them fruit hammocks. I don't know what else to call them, but just ways to kind of hang your fruit and other, you know, potatoes and stuff underneath the counters. Oh, yeah. Uh, or the cabinets, I guess, rather, not the Literal counters. Ba- banana hammocks. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> we, we put we put those up and one of them was was above the nest hub. And I guess the way that was sitting there, it absorbed enough sound to where the Nest Hub couldn't hear us properly sometimes. So we'd be like screaming stop across, you know, the, the room and it keeps going. <laughs> it was it was just funny, like how how small of a change that was. Like, it's not like we blocked the speaker. We just put something over top of it. And it was a, it changed the dynamics of the audio enough to where it had a hard time hearing us. Hmm. Gonna have to I remember still, that. I still can't. It still drives me crazy when like the speaker I'm, uh, I'm speaking to uh, is right in front of me, and then when I when I call up G, the speaker like two rooms over will hear me, and I don't that that I don't understand how that works. Oh, I haven't had that problem in a long time. I thought they happens in, all the time I, for well, me. I haven't had that happen in a while, mostly because I started getting notifications on my phone of okay, which device were you expecting to answer blank, and I can tell it that. And if I give the answer yeah. enough times, it's it slowly realizes that okay, even though I'm, even though my phone is right on my nightstand, I still want the smart speaker to answer the command when I'm telling it to play thunderstorm sounds for eight hours. So that way, I can hopefully yeah, block I, out whatever the hell my neighbors are fighting about. But yeah, it's <laughs> Florida, right? Florida. Um, the the yeah, I, I get those notifications every now and then too, but it's still it's still bizarre to me how often the speaker that I'm not speaking to answers and it's, you know, across the room or a different room, you know, two rooms away. uh, A lot of times it's, I don't know. I've been having a lot of issues with Google assistant on my smart speakers lately. And so this is just continuing that run, but being able to just say stop to get the thing to quit trying to answer, it will be nice. Yeah, no. So that will, that will be hopefully good. Um, but it again, it depends on how well it actually works because everything with Google Assistant is a it mostly works and sometimes it doesn't. So we'll we'll see. Something that uh, definitely doesn't work for Google is uh, Flock is dead. It's uh, that Flock was Google's attempt to try and replace third party cookies because third party cookies are the devil, even though they are pretty much everywhere on the internet at this point pretty much every site uses cookies in some shape or form but the ad tracking ones are not great and google wanted to replace those with flock so that pro uh that program received so much blowback when it was first launched and google has 
actually given up on that and is now shifting to a different version of that idea that it's going to uh, that it's calling the topics API, which is hopefully going to eventually replace some of the third party ad cookies that just, you know, track you across the internet and be like, OK, you're interested in this, you're interested in this, you're interested in this. Here are the websites that uh, here are the websites that you put ads right here. And I'm again, nobody likes being tracked, but I'd rather have ads that at least somewhat speak to me rather than getting ED ads all day because they think I'm a man because I look at tech sites. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny and it's sad. <laughs> it is yeah, very much, very much. I, I I like this topics concept. I I think it's it's interesting how they've done that because it's a lot less personal yeah you know in that it's not specifically looking at hey you spent you know two hours and 47 minutes browsing this type of stuff today or whatever like yeah no i guess i should say this specific site well and more importantly it's not a matter of tracking one individual across all of the internet it's a matter of okay you have this intric interest, this topic applies to you. You have looked at this enough, this topic applies to you. And then those topics aren't personalized IDs. It's, okay, this is a category, and if this category pings when somebody is trying to place a web ad, if it pings for you, you see the ad. If it doesn't ping for you, you don't. Like, I'm much more comfortable with that than there being an advertising ID that is key, basically, to me. Because I'd rather the more generic thing that's still does enough for ad uh, advertisers to actually uh, try and sell me the products that they want. They don't work very often, but every once in a while I get a good, a decent ad, mostly on Instagram, but not really. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful for this. I'm hopeful for anything that can replace third-party cookies because they are just, they've just been abused. They're awful. They've been abused to hell and back. Yep. Like you can't, it's part of the reason that ad blockers exist these days is because just third-party cookies and particularly third-party cookies for ads are just terrible. So Google working on a topics API, Google working on solutions to try and get around this so that way we can maybe eventually someday have a future where these cookies just don't, where we can just completely disable them and the rest of the internet works. Uh, we don't know how long that's going to take, but any amount of project progress is good here. Even if you're still saying, oh, well, it's still Google trying to track me. No, it's, you have a list of things that you like and it just adds to the list every so often. But the list isn't necessarily connected to, but the list doesn't connect you to you because each item on the list is its own thing. And the each item on the list is connected to thousands of people instead of just one. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but I also know that anything involving cookies just absolutely riles everybody up and should. So what do you think, guys? <laughs> Crickets. Well, All righty. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it more than what you said. I, you know, like I said, I, I like the topics concept. I hope it does better, you know, in, in the privacy sandbox and maybe gets approved. Unlike flock block is still a weird word um or that might have really been part of it i mean it's, it's just hard to take that seriously <laughs> right. but at the same time yeah i'm i'm hoping topics api can actually get 
approval and pat and approval and usage because that's what we really need. The technology doesn't work unless companies actually start using it. So I'm I'm there hopeful that they fought. I'm hopeful that they can deliver a feasible product out of this. Because tracking cookies and the analytics that surround cookies and third party tracking is huge business, not just for Google, but for hundreds or thousands of companies. So this is big business, but this is also business that it's getting harder every year because more and more of us just completely block out cookies and block out ads. So they have to turn to more and more invasive stuff in order to try and get that data back. So if we can have something like this, hopefully it'll keep that part of the analytics machine going while still allowing us to have a little bit more privacy. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just hoping that this works out and we can, you know, get rid of the terrible thing that has ruined such a great thing with the name of cookies. Uh, yeah. But we can we can move on from that and cookies can be a happy word again. Cookies are always a happy word. They're just not a happy word in the digital era. <laughs> but I very much want cookies right now. Mostly, I want Oreos, which is a shame because I have. I was out today and I forgot to pick them up before I came home. I'm going to I'm going to end the podcast early and go make cookies. Sorry guys. <laughs> I actually should make more cookie dough cuz I have eggs that expire at the end of the month and I should use those up. Well there so, you yes, go. I will I will make cookies Perfect. this evening once do I can it. actually get my work done. I just need Alrighty. to go buy chocolate chips and then I can do it. You don't keep a perpetual supply of chocolate chips. What's wrong I'm, with you? I'm not very good at keeping a perpetual supply of anything. So no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why you have gardens and chickens at your house. So we just it just happens. <laughs> that's right. It just happens. The big bag of the Kirkland's chocolate chips at Costco. One of those bags will usually last me about six to nine months. In your house, it'll probably last about three. I'll have to try that. Just buy but a giant it's, bag. Uh, yeah. I mean, I especially like the the Costco brand because it's more allergy friendly than uh, Nestle because Nestle has mm. uh, milk solids and other things in it that members of my family can't have. So ah. it's nice to have more allergy, semi allergy friendly options that aren't just like, oh, I need to go to a specialty store and buy this little package from this little brand. So interesting. But we have one more thing that is also going to rile people up and then we're going to take our final break of the episode. Um, Alrighty, so the Olympics are next month, yay! Um, but next week, really? <laughs> no, is it really? Yeah, it is oh, February fourth. I know it's crazy. I'm like, it's just happened. <laughs> yeah. So the US, the UK, Canada, a lot of these countries ha- are not sending political delegations. They are just sending the athletes and the trainers and the essential people that can go. Uh, spectators not going to the Olympics this year. So it's it's basically just the athletes and the teams. And for many governments have been advising like Team USA, Team Great, uh, Team United Kingdom, Team Canada to whatever you take to China, do not take your actual phone. Like get a, get a disposable phone that you can just leave there whenever you come back. And... A lot of people were really surprised by this, and I'm not entirely sure why, because that's kind of been standard practice for a lot of Fortune 500 companies for years. It's been standard practice for a long time, not just for something like this. Jeez. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that was, like, years ago when Chromebooks were still just thought of, like, oh, it's just a web browser, who cares? Chromebooks were liked by international travelers because it was something that if you wanted to, you could just 
buy one that's a hundred bucks. It would work while you were there. And then you could just factory wipe it and then just leave it in the country, uh, leave it in the country whenever you go home. Yep. Or you could factory reset it and then just take it, factory reset it, take it home, run a USB recovery on it to completely and utterly wipe the system and then just get back to what you were doing. So I'm, it's unfortunate that this is something we have to talk about, but it is. Um, Because, I mean, yeah, whenever you go through, whenever you go to another country, whenever you go through customs, customs can go through your technology. Most of the time they will tell you, oh, you have to unlock this. We have to be able to see things on here. And if they want to, they can add things without you knowing about it. So telling athletes, yeah, just take a burner phone and burn it before you come home is... (laughs) Literally a burner phone. (laughs) Don't literally burn burner phones. Just factory reset them and I guess donate them somewhere. But yeah, it's, it's a matter of we want you to be safe. We want your data to be safe. And we want to make sure that whatever surveillance might have happened to your device while you were there does not come home with you. Bingo. Which, yeah. Talking about privacy issues. Um, but yeah, that'll be something I I hope athletes actually pay attention to this because it's not... A lot of advisories when you go to other countries are things that people are just like, oh, I, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but okay. This is the one that, no, you you need to listen to it. Please. It's for your safety and it's for your uh, and it's for your privacy. Do it. It's a hassle, but do it. Alrighty. And on that somewhat dour note, uh, we are going to go to break and we will come back with what is making us happy. You're successful in business because you love doing the research, whether it's the state of the market or the next right hire. But when you're low on hours and you still want to do a great job on hiring, who do you go to for help? It's time for Indeed. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you find the right people right now. It'll guide you through every step of the hiring process, helping you find talent with the skills you need with tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. It seems like everyone needs help hiring these days in order to get the employees they need to succeed. And Indeed's virtual interviews help you evaluate candidates seamlessly with no hassles or hoops. It all gets done right in your browser, so it even works on Chromebooks, too. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ACP. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alrighty, time for the best part of my week. What is making us happy? And Chris, let's start with you. Well, mine is um, my oldest, who is nine years old, is finally playing basketball for the first time. And it's been years past. We had either too busy or the season got canceled for COVID. So uh, he's playing basketball and he's really excited. And he's been he's been improving a lot. He's had three games and significantly got better each game. And so he's starting to have fun. And it's it's really fun watching him play. So that's that's what I'm thankful for right now. Nice. It's nice to see youth sports starting to make a comeback, especially ones that can be played indoors where it is warm in these cold temperatures. For sure. Alrighty. And Nick, what do you got other than cookies? 
I got uh, two things this week. I'll start with cooking, since you said cookies. Um, so we picked up this book at, I don't know if you ever heard of the store Boxed Lunch, but we go there every so often and buy uh, just fun merchandise. And we found this cookbook called Let's Make Ramen. It's a comic cookbook, uh, which oh. we thought was really fun. And we've been like totally obsessed with ramen lately. Well, I shouldn't just say lately in general, but yeah, especially lately. And uh, we also uh, need a distinction. This is not like the ramen you buy for 20 cents at the grocery store and no, then just like jazz like, up with a couple of things. This is like you make the broth yourself. Yes. So um, I'm actually making my first bowl of it tonight. Um, a couple of days ago, I made the uh, stock. I have to get the terms right. A couple of days ago, yes. I made the stock. It's basically a bunch of chicken, a bunch of other stuff in there. You boil it for like four hours. Um, I made the eggs last night. So marinating them and all that stuff. And then I've got the noodles and all that stuff that I'm making when we're done with the podcast. And I'll put it all together and it should be fantastic, I hope. <laughs> it, it was a fair amount of work, but it's nice because when you make this stuff, you make a ton of it at a time and you put oh, it in yes. a container. And my hope is that I can just regularly have this and it's not a big deal because it'll just be in a container, dump it in a bowl, heat it up, throw in some good stuff. And yeah. yeah. So that's been really fun to just kind of learn more about all the techniques that are used because I know in the past when I've tried making it at home, it's just kind of bland. I don't know. It's like it's missing something. There's definitely flavors in there that you get from a shop that you, you know, if, if you don't take the time to do it at home, you simply won't get because there's a lot more steps than maybe I thought originally. Well, yeah, I mean, it's getting seasoning into it. Like the art of seasoning is actually well and truly an art. It's a matter of trying to balance flavors, ingredients. It's a matter of trying to boost certain aspects of the dish without overpowering anything and without uh, completely and utterly, utterly crushing other elements. Right. Yeah. So. And and I feel like a lot of things like this and barbecue and um, like a, a lot of other like Indian food, right? It, it time is a lot of the ingredient too, because yes. a lot of times you have to simmer stuff for a long time or you know, you have to let things marinate for a while or sit in the fridge for a day before you do something like that. That time element just can't be replaced. It's nice to make things quick, but, you know, you lose a lot in the process. I mean, pressure cookers help for some of it, but for sure. for making ramen, you definitely just like you you can't speed anything up. Everything just takes the time that it takes. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. the reason that cheap ramen is 20 cents and actual good ramen is 20 bucks a bowl. Right. Yeah. So let's let's see. Maybe maybe this time next week when we podcast, I'll have a, a great success story. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, last one I won't spend too much time on, but um, Zenith, it's a it's a VR MMO. I had zero expectations going into this because thus far in my time with VR stuff and, you know, the over half decade that I've been playing VR games, I have yet to play a, an open world game like this that actually is good. But this one is um, I wrote like thirty five hundred words or some obnoxious amount on on it on the site. So if you're interested, go check it out. It's a blast. It has some really interesting, unique VR mechanics. It's actually an MMO that's a lot of fun right now. It's about 100 hours worth of content that you can get if you're really like super into it and you know spend the time. I also like the fact that there's no monthly fee. You buy the game and it's done which, you know, for an MMO is basically Rare. unheard of. You got Guild Wars and there ain't a whole lot else that does that. So it's it's great to see. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. 
Again, wish I could play VR, especially this weekend, because it is going to be just too cold to go out anywhere. Right. Um, but let's see. This week, what's making me happy are two things. The first is going to be I'm going to go bake some chocolate chip cookies, or I'm going to go mix up cookie dough for chocolate chip cookies tonight. Uh, I went and picked strawberries today, so I'm going to have some nice, delicious Valentine's-y stuff to munch on this weekend while it's uh, like 30 degrees outside and I can't go anywhere. Uh, but tomorrow is the premiere for The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime, and I've been looking forward to this show for like a year and a half. So I'm very much looking forward to watching that this weekend while I keep trying to move furniture or move clothes and whatnot from my old furniture to my new furniture. Because nice. I could not get all of that done while my parents were here. All righty. And I think that about does it for us this week. Uh, you can catch Nick at Guanatu. You can catch Chris Waddell at Chris underscore, underscore Waddell. You can find me at Wagco on Twitter. And you can find us all at Android Central. And we will see y'all next week. Uh, stay warm, everybody. Bye. Later. Bye, y'all.